Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Davina Bojwani with Idea Lab Kids. Welcome. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Idea Lab Kids. Uh, who sure. you serving? Sure, absolutely. So, um, Idea Lab Kids is an after-school uh, STEM or STEAM-based program. Um, the A is arts added into STEM, which has become uh, more popular these days. Uh, but we've been around for about 10 years. We started our original journey with um, our own brick and mortar stores that we owned and operated. And then um, fairly quickly, we were inundated with requests to franchise uh, this concept. And in uh, 2016, we started doing the legal regulations of getting our FTD uh, teed up. And uh, 2017 was the first franchise location that opened in Austin. And from then to today, we have about 88 um, assigned territories and we have presence in eight um, countries in the U.S. Um, and then we also have some presence in Canada. Now, is it still a brick or mortar or is it something you go to the different schools and, uh, and do the after school program? So it's a uh, it's a blend of both. It is a brick and mortar. So anyone who comes into our franchise system does um, have to open a brick and mortar business. We do give them some time at the beginning to uh, run the mobile program, which in our world is called on the go. Um, so they can take the same program to schools, after school providers, uh, girls and boys clubs, YMCA's, what have you. Um, but essentially, we do our um, core and center is our brick and mortar stores. And is a typical franchisee somebody who's also kind of doing the work of teaching the kids or is it are they more in charge of kind of managing the operation and um, deploying a team that does the kind of education component? Yeah, yeah, no, great, great question. Um, we have uh, two business models. One would be a manager-run uh, or manager-director-led business model where uh, a franchisee comes in and this is um, more of an investment for them and they have a director at their facility um, that takes care of the day-to-day -day needs. And then the second option, which uh, we also have franchisees doing this, is where they are the director in the program, they are the teacher and the facilitator, um, and teach the classes. It it works both ways. Honestly, uh, we have success in both both of those business models. It just really truly depends on the individual um, and what works with uh, their their financial 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 situation and what they're looking for. Now, are did initially or maybe still that uh, this is attractive to maybe retired teachers who are looking for kind of that second act after they um, stop being teachers? Oh, absolutely. I mean, teachers uh, by far um, have, you know, definitely have the patience uh, to firstly teach and educate children and um, and be in this space. But uh, to be honest with you, you know, we, I get asked a, a lot, what is your what is the perfect franchisee profile? Um, and, you know, I've got everybody from uh, a PhD who's a doctor um, out in the woodlands to uh, somebody who's, you know, uh, 
in the tech background and um, and is works for NASA. And, uh, you know, this is one of the investments. So you don't really have to come from the education space. You know, what I think what we really look for is a passion uh, for education and wanting to bring this uh, to your community and to impact and, and change the lives of these uh, children because kids are getting exposed or we want them to get exposed to uh, STEAM learning or STEM learning uh, very early these days and starting as early as kindergarten. Now, can you walk uh, maybe a potential franchisee through what a day in the life of an Idea Lab Kids franchisee looks like? Sure, absolutely. So um, just as any other small business, you are wearing uh, multiple hats here. Um, Your day would start off with uh, making sure that you've got your uh, supplies teed up for the lessons or the camps that you're going to teach that uh, that day or that uh, week. Um, Most of our centers, Lee, have, uh, they typically start more in the afternoon because we are an after-school uh, program. Uh, but I will tell you, because of the pandemic and the, the shift to virtual learning, we have had a morning uh, demand for our facilities as well, where um, parents of essential care workers needed somewhere to send their child. So they were coming to an idea lab facility and we were taking care of the virtual school as well as layering in um, STEM activities. Uh, what the franchisee is responsible for is, you know, everything from operations, logistics, uh, making sure you've got, uh, you know, what you need to run run the classes, customer service, uh, talking to the parents that that walk in, or in this, in this case, these days, drop off at the door, you know, uh, mass temperatures at the door, what have you. Um, and then lastly, also, most importantly, is uh, marketing for your brand, right? Um, you know, we uh, we have this saying where you might get um, stuck within the four walls of your facility, but you'll continue, continuously are marketing so that you can get uh, new families in and uh, to our program and, uh, and get brand, brand awareness in your community. And I would imagine that's kind of the the uh, important component that that maybe new people don't realize the importance of that they have to kind of immerse themselves in their community in order to really grow this. Oh, absolutely, Lee. Whether it's Idea Lab or any other franchise that your um, listeners are thinking about, or any other business for that matter, you know, really uh, grassroots marketing and word of mouth marketing, those two go such a long way. Um, you know, I have, I, I, I'm a mom and I have uh, two kids and friends tell me about a program that they tried with their child or, or even when we go to fitness classes, right? You hear from somebody else that tried a program and you, they really liked it. So um, being involved in your community, knowing the schools, the PTO uh, players that are in that are present there and doing um, social events, you know, uh, community events, uh, sometimes franchisees will ask us, well, this doesn't generate any revenue, but it does give you indirect revenue because you are um, being present and families are hearing about the program and, and that's what builds awareness. Now, um, how do you explain kind of the explosive growth you had um, fairly early on? Is it, I mean, a lot of uh, new emerging franchises would be kind of drooling over that kind of traction, <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, I like how you call it explosive growth. Um, it 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 was really we were in a tizzy where we couldn't keep up with the sales because it almost was uh, getting calls from Canada and we hadn't uh, considered are we even going into Canada at that point? And then that made us you know look at our business model and say yes, uh, we do want to look at uh, the Canadian market because it is very similar to the U.S. Um, 
so our the reason for our explosive growth, I think, honestly, was right time, right place. Um, there's been such a strong demand for a good STEM-based or STEAM-based program. And uh, for a parent who's looking for both a coding uh, class and a cooking class or a coding and an art class, uh, we've had, we have those offerings under one roof. It's not just an offering of a one, one program kind of facility. So um, honestly, a lot of it was organic. Uh, we didn't uh, do a whole ton of marketing. Uh, we were, our phones were ringing off the hook and uh, we were, entering states like California, Tennessee, Georgia, you know, a lot of that happened very organically. In Texas itself, we have seven operating locations. Um, Now, one caveat to that, Lee, was last year when the pandemic hit, we had just signed up our master area developer for the Middle East in February. Um, And then as soon as March turned around, um, you know, we literally put a pause on franchising and we did not sell anything after that. Um, it was an intentional pause to get our um, existing young franchisees through the pandemic. Uh, you know, it's been a very, very tough time for all brick and mortar businesses. And um, our focus was very shifted to being very internal. Um, and we've come out stronger and better this year. So now we're uh, truly back to franchising again and uh, looking at growing uh, in the Texas market right now. That's been our Uber focus, but really all over the U.S. Is, is what we're open for. Now, you mentioned that during the pandemic, you added, uh, I don't know if you added or you just kind of enhanced this virtual component to the service. Is that something you see kind of now baked into the into the offering moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, a, a story to share there is um, right when the uh, stay home orders were issued, we at the corporate offices tried to figure out, okay, what can we do to still stay top of mind of our customers and what can we do to help our customers, right? All of a sudden schools were closed, families were all home, parents are trying to work and kids at that point in those first couple of weeks had no school even. Um, We started off with these Facebook live videos um, and just shared a video around uh, making a robot at home with Amazon boxes, which we were getting plenty of those deliveries. And in our little world of um, social media, that went viral on us. You know, we had 5,000 views and people at home doing these videos. They were asking for more of them. So that led into a newsletter. And then we had already been working on a virtual platform on how to teach our classes uh, to grow beyond the four walls of our franchise locations. Um, And that is now baked into the business model. Uh, We have an offering where you could uh, teach at your facility. And then, of course, we already had the -the on-the-go program where you go into other centers. And now you could do that with this platform uh, to make it easier to teach uh, those classes, almost enhancing the experience and solving the problem of the expert in the classroom. Because everybody doesn't is not necessarily trained in science or engineering uh, when we hire these teachers. So our goal was to make it easier for our franchisees to be able to teach the same content um, and have support um, in doing so. Now, what was kind of the the catalyst for you to come up with this idea and to do this kind of work? Did you really see um, kind of a gap in the formal education regarding STEM and STEAM um, that just wasn't being filled by traditional education and that you felt that you can create a fun environment that'll help the kids get that kind of the skills they need. And and these skills to me aren't even nice to haves anymore. They're must haves moving forward. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, we definitely saw a huge gap even when we first started the brand. Um, you know, we saw a gap in terms of hands-on learning and, um, you know, what a child learns when they do a project. Like we have one, which is Play-Doh circuit where they make the Play-Doh, which all our kiddos love. But then what they do next is they they build a circuit and they have a little light bulb, they have a battery. Um, and it's, it's amazing to see all their little faces light up when um, the, the entire circuit works. Um, And there's so much learning from that, right? A little five-year-old is learning about power, power sources, uh, different supplies. Uh, One of them was even amazed that, um, you know, if you don't have the battery in there, nothing's really going to work. So things like that were definitely, we still see that as a gap. Um, I think our education levels, um, they're great, but it's hard for them to keep up with hands-on learning. Um, And that's a true true thing that we believe in is there's so much that children learn from these hands-on experiments or, um, you know, building, we have another uh, project where they build toothpicks, they use toothpicks and marshmallows to build uh, a toothpick architecture. So they're learning about architecture and engineering and all of these fields and they're getting exposed to it so early on, almost through play, that uh, when they reach those grades of, you know, high school, they can uh, kind of molds, helps mold them and uh, figure out what their interests lie in when they go to college. So now how do you come up with uh, kind of these creative ideas to that are fun, easy, kind of accessible to folks, but also still provides that foundational learning and the skills? Yeah, uh, we have a team of uh, a curriculum team of writers uh, that is housed here at our corporate offices. Um, and in this great world of remote working, you know, we, we all um, we in fact, if if anything, this during the pandemic, our team has grown um, and they work on these projects. They actually have a whole bunch of fun doing it because they get to practice it and test it out themselves to see if it really works. Uh, but uh, all of our content is uh, is built in-house. Uh, we have some third-party content uh, in terms of uh, coding and things like that. But most of our um, non-tech content is, is mostly built in-home. And then it's um, good for what age kids? Sure, yeah. So um, our programs go from four-year-olds all the way to uh, 14-year-olds. And our sweet spot that we see in our programs is uh, anywhere from that eight to 11-year-old. The third, fourth graders uh, truly love this. But it works for um, all those ages and uh, and going into elementary schools is truly uh, what works for our franchises. And then for somebody interested in a franchise, how long does it take uh, from when they say, hey, this is something that I might be interested to actually getting a location up and running? Sure. So um, the actual sales process at the first part um, goes for about six to eight to nine weeks, depending on how fast the prospect moves. Uh, but we have a sales flow channel um, that is a sales flow process that is defined where they go through learning about the FTD, talking to prospect franchisees. Um, we are truly looking for a fit, Lee, with our brand is does that person have the same drive and passion as we do? Um, are they involved in the community? Are they Do they want to be involved in the community? Um, and uh, that would be the right franchisee. And then from the time they sign a franchise agreement to actually opening uh, their brick and mortar store, takes about, uh, you know, three to six months, depending on, um, again, real estate space, availability, uh, finding the right spot. We do have uh, our own demographic analysis uh, tool that we use to make sure that our franchisees are located uh, in the optimum spot for their franchises. 
And so what's been the most rewarding part of this uh, adventure for you? <laughs> so much. Uh, so I was a franchisee uh, prior to this role that I, I am currently on uh, with a different brand. And uh, having done that for eight years, uh, ran and operated my own stores. I had one of the top performing stores in the nation, but then I also had a very slow performing store, uh, which uh, which didn't do so well. So, you know, when people ask me what uh, what does it take to have the best performing or top three stores in the nation, I would always say that it's, uh, it's, you know, you really have to do that local grassroots marketing. That honestly, to me is the key. You have to put your head down and, and be out there um, and the returns happen. You know, they just, they just come come across your plate. But uh, what's been most rewarding for, to me is uh, seeing our franchisees uh, prosper and um, provide this program to families um, that, uh, so uh, there's such a large need for and to open up in new communities you know when we opened our first uh, store in Georgia uh, they had never had an idea lab in that community before you know it, it just uh, even our grand opening we saw hundreds of families this was right uh, pre-pandemic and uh, and that those those are the you know pivotal moments where you're super proud of uh, the work that you do and um, the change that you're bringing about in the lives of these kids. Yeah, well, you're doing important work, um, and this is something that's so needed nowadays to get kids just opening their mind to kind of playing and enjoying this kind of work. They consume the technology, but they don't want to learn how it works and how they can be a creator and not just a consumer. Right, right. Now, uh, if somebody wants to learn more, uh, what's the website? Sure. Um, so f- uh, for franchising, our website is franchise.idealabkids.com. Or if you uh, don't remember that, uh, just simply go to idealabkids.com. And um, if you're as passionate about uh, impacting lives in your community as we are, then uh, give us a call. We would love to talk to you. Well, congratulations on all the success. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee, for having me here today. This has been my highlight of the whole week. Well, thank you. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.